Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the microphone with thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Hello, my name is David Asker, and welcome to another edition of What's Next. Today is part three of our six-part series. In part one, we talked about what type of organization were you going to be after COVID? Our second session covered the use of data. And today we're gonna to talk about workplace strategy and its impact on space. With me today are two friends and colleagues, Gaurav Chara and Christine Rossi. They're both members of our RENLS practice and they're experts in workplace strategy. Gaurav and Christine, could you take a minute to introduce yourselves? We'll start with Christine. Thanks, Dave. I'm a future of work strategist. I've been with Deloitte for almost four years. Uh, my experiences spanned architecture, design, portfolio, and workforce strategy. Great. Gaurav? Hi, everybody. My name is Gaurav Charya, and I lead workplace strategy and experience strategy for Deloitte Consulting. I've been helping large organizations from the last 15, 16 years helping them make the right workplace and real estate decisions. And these decisions may range from organizational design to portfolio strategy to workplace strategy. I'm glad to be here today. Great. And Gaurav, it seems like you had a special moment this past weekend. It was your first Father's Day weekend. That's right, Dave. It was a low-key weekend, even though it was the first Father's Day, but it was the Father's Day which was filled with mixed feelings. It was my first Father's Day without my father um, in person. And even though, you know, there were the sad feelings about not having his presence around me, but there was still this spiritual presence uh, continuously all the time with me that I like to feel. But certainly with my son, who is now six months old, it was a great day filled with love. Um, but I do feel that there shouldn't be just a single Father's Day or a Mother's Day. Every day is a Father's Day. Every day is a Mother's Day. Yeah, and, and Christine, sounds like you did some gardening this weekend. Yes, uh, I'm, I just bought my home a year ago during COVID, and uh, my mother came to visit. And she's, she was raised a farmer, and she'll always be a farmer. So she definitely put me to work. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's great. Well, why don't we get into some of the questions that we have here today about the topic? And, you know, we'll start off with real straightforward and basic one. And Karev, why don't you help us with this one? Where do you recommend organizations start to develop a workplace strategy? What are the first things that they need to do? I think organizations need to think about workplace as an enabler for the organization. It's not a support function anymore. Talent is usually the biggest asset that organizations have, and to support them using workplace is one of the most important things that they can do to enable talent to do whatever they are here to do. So to start thinking about a strategy to emphasize the importance of workplace and to focus on talent, they need to start thinking about what the business challenges they are currently facing and they will be facing in the near future so they can accordingly develop a strategy, develop a purpose-filled workplace and various solutions to support it. I think organizations need to recognize that there is no one size that fits all, whether it is 
at multiple organizations that we look at within an industry or within an organization, different business functions, different departments, different business units. There is no one size that fits all. So to think about a strategy that would be broad enough to support different talent models, different business challenges, that's where they need to start with. Christine, what do you think? No, I was about to say the same thing about no one size fits all. That's where some companies face uh, some challenges where they try to institute something new, but they don't take into account the unique needs of different units. I was thinking of investigating, say, developers may need a mix of spaces to quickly collaborate and then return to quiet focus space. Sales teams might be out of the office most of the week interacting with clients, and then they need some meeting spaces within the office to rally with their teams. Some teams may need access to special equipment. So there's certain, there's a, there's a broad mix of different workplace environments that are needed by those teams, both to enable them to do their work, to collaborate, and to have that desired talent experience, both physically and digitally of how everything interacts together. Gotcha. So what you're really saying here is that as we move forward, there's two things. One, this is a business challenge that we're trying to answer. So how are we going to work differently in our post-code environment? being that we've had this great experiment where everyone has worked pretty much remotely for 18 to 24 months. And then secondly, I heard, I heard Gaurav mention something there about purpose-driven space. So can, Christine, can you, can you focus on that a little bit more, the difference between purpose-driven space and what we have now? Uh, I think, especially going forward, maybe I'll step back. Before we used to have everyone had cubicles and we had meeting spaces and it was kind of choose your own adventure, whatever you needed. But a lot of that left us with a lot of empty space that wasn't utilized all the time. So you'd have big office spaces that lacked energy because either people were in meetings and you had the sea of cubicles that are, that are kind of empty. Now that we're post-COVID, we'll have a higher degree of hybrid working and more flexibility. That comes into play even more even more to understand what spaces are needed. What's the purpose of the office going forward? Why are people coming into the office? Are they coming in to do heads down individual work or are they doing that at home and they're coming into the office to collaborate with peers or to you know knowledge transfer for training events, to mentor other team members, more, more shared spaces than the individual focus space. So understanding what is that purpose for each organization and each individual team is going to be critical to designing a successful workplace in the future. Gotcha. And what are some of the factors that we should consider as we're developing that purpose-driven space? Either one of you. Yeah, Christine, if it's okay, let me start. Sure. I think one of the most important factors is going to be the talent strategy. To think about, you know, whether your talent expectations and preferences and working patterns are changing. Certainly the pandemic was a massive global experiment in the world of workplace. And, you know, all those people who were initially hesitant to work remotely or virtually, they had no choice. I think the world was still moving in this direction where there would be a lot more flexibility in how people work and where they work and how they get things done. But to adopt it at that massive scale, nobody would have expected that. But the pandemic really triggered it. It accelerated the adoption to that degree that people, most people feel comfortable. Certainly they had challenges initially, 
you know, with no daycare options, no school for kids, a lot of disturbances at home, but slowly and slowly they have managed to figure out what works for them. And certainly a number of organizations supported them with additional options as support or flexibility, but they have realized, organizations have realized the importance of talent and offering flexibility to talent. So I think they should start thinking about the talent strategy first, and then think about what would be a vision for their workforce, a vision for workplace to work differently so that accordingly strategies can be developed. That would be the starting point. Gotcha. And it seems that this flexibility is just going to be something that people expect going forward. And organizations that want to go back to more traditional format may have a hard time attracting the type of talent that they want because people have gotten so used to it. Would you, would you guys agree with that? Christine, would you agree with that statement? Oh, certainly. We're seeing a lot of the, there's a lot of, say, tech companies that are um, making announcements early on right now. I think Apple is one of them that they're dictating certain policies around hybrid and the, the backlash is very loud. And now that remote work is more of a, um, more of an option for people, people have choice. So they've gotten to expect the flexibility. They've gotten used to different childcare arrangements at home and being able to maybe drop their kid off at school that they weren't able to do before. And now to take some of those, that bit of flexibility away is a big decision factor for employees on where they work. We're definitely, it's a, it's a challenge for organizations that are, that are focusing on attracting and retaining the best talent. And now workplace is one of those key ingredients in that decision. Gotcha. So besides the talent question, what are some of the other factors that an organization should consider as it develops its workplace strategy? I think besides talent, they need to think about sort of the portfolio as an asset type, but also think about, you know, their current portfolio, assess its viability. Where do they need to grow? Where do they need to shrink? Where do they need to add flexibility? And what are the different strategies they can use to add that agility and flexibility in the real estate portfolio itself so that the talent strategy can be supported? The second thing would be to think about the design of real estate solutions. What sort of spaces and experiences you will be creating in that real estate for the talent? Would you have five different kinds of spaces or 50 different kinds of spaces? What would be the mix? How large would be these spaces? What technologies are going to be implemented? What experiences are you trying to create and journeys that you want to support of different talent types? So apart from real estate portfolio strategy, you also have to think about the design of the workplace itself. Christine, what do you think? And to build on that, I'd say successful organizations look at workplace and real estate decisions, not in a silo, but they they look at the broader integration with, say, HR, where they're looking at employee experience, policies, change management with IT around what's the network infrastructure, what are the devices, what are the tools that enable a frictionless collaboration experience, no matter where every, anyone is working. And that layers in with the whole portfolio strategy of what are the physical footprint elements, as well as the virtual location strategy. If you've got people that are remoting in from all over the world, how do you bring all those different elements together to create a seamless experience for the worker to, to enable organizations to meet their business objectives? It also seems to me that what's kind of important in all this is making sure that the portfolio has some agility to it. So it seems like co-working can make a real resurgence here in the factors that 
go around with that. Previously, people would enter in, sign long-term leases, be in a location. And, you know, I don't know if stuck is the right word, but they have a commitment to a certain market and size of, of, a, of a space there. And it seems that as we start to look and people are going to be working a more hybrid method, it seems that really the ability to use co-working locations as ability to have the portfolio either flex up or down allows it to have then um, greater benefits for the organization. You guys want to touch on that for a minute? I, I tend to agree with you, Dave, that yes, for a number of organizations out there, co-working, especially the enterprise solutions from co-working providers would support with agility and give them options to quickly grow, expand, uh, or shrink. You know, if your business doesn't grow the way you expected it to grow, you're not stuck in, as you're saying, for a long-term real estate solution. But there are some other creative solutions that are being offered today, even by landlords. They're offering different lease structures that offer flexibility, of course, for a premium, but also some common spaces within large campuses and skyscrapers that are being offered. So as an organization's real estate department, you should think about not only co-working, but talk to your landlords about you know, what flexible options may exist and be offered to you. Uh, I was going to say that I think co-working will be an important bridge over the next, say, five years, while there's so much uncertainty with how different companies are going to update their policies and, and start to adopt more hybrid ways of working. Typically, after some of these big triggers that ripple through through the workplace and organizations, there's there tends to be major pendulum swings. You know, some Back in the, the 90s, there was a move to, okay, everyone goes to work from home. And then they realized that didn't work and would pull everyone back. And there'd be these big sweeping gestures. And then things start to settle down and, and companies find their rhythm and what works for them. And I think we're at one of those moments where some companies might pull that pendulum a little bit too far, but we'll, we'll adjust. And as, as different approaches work for different organizations, that's where um, things will settle down over time. But the co-working is one of those things that will help bridge that need for flexibility and uh, adjustment. Right. And it seems that technology is going to be really important in this effort as well. When you have a situation where people are hybrid, not everyone's going to be in the office on the same day, but you still might need to have a meeting where you're, you have three people, they're on site, and two are remote. You have to have the type of technology that will allow those who are remoting in to feel as included as those who are on site. How should uh, companies start to think about that as well? I want to share that it, it is critical that there is some equity in the in the FaceTime. I think there have been studies out there that show that people who are in the office more often do tend to get promoted more often. So if certain individuals are opting for the more flexible, more remote mode, how can organizations think through that so that they aren't creating that inequitable situation and thus encouraging everyone to be in the office all the time just for the sake of working up the ladder. So I think that's a question still to be determined, but it's a it's one to keep a strong focus on so that there's not a imbalance of how people are treated based on where they're dialing in from. Gotcha. And, and then how yeah. do... Yeah. So while equity is super important and organizations need to think about training leaders, managers, and professionals to make sure everybody feels that they have been included in, in the right setup, the right conversations. I think technology, your original question, needs to be 
looked into from multiple ways. One is just purely from infrastructure and access perspective that yes, everybody needs to have the right solutions in front of them so they can collaborate and exchange ideas and share knowledge and be available when they need to be connected to somebody. But second is, given that hybrid way of working is here to stay for most organizations, an organization needs to think about how to leverage technology so people who are not in the room, not physically giving FaceTime, but can still give virtual FaceTime. And some of the very uh, creative solutions that are out there right now, you know, Google's testing its own uh, way of using technology to support this uh, hybrid way of working by installing multiple screens in uh, different meeting rooms. So it feels like people are sitting in the, across the table from you in the meeting room. Microsoft is introducing team rooms, similar concept, but, you know, using Microsoft Teams as a setup to include people who are not in the room. So there are some creative solutions out there. And I think over the next three to six months, we will see more robust available options in the market that would give enterprises the right tech solutions to support that we are working. And my last question for the two of you is, how should we then take this information? Once we establish a workplace policy and we start to track it, how do we then take information from it to help impact our portfolio? Gaurav, why don't we start with you? We have to understand that no matter where a workplace strategy team starts, you have to be flexible with your own solutions. So treat your vision and your first strategic idea or first strategic solution for a project as a hypothesis that, yes, it may work for the portfolio, but it may not. So take it as a pilot. Test certain things out, whether it's the policy, whether it's the space, whether it's technology introductions. Test these out. Do learn from the lessons. Gather feedback. See the adoption. Identify what didn't work and work on it before you go and apply that across the portfolio. So if you have hundreds of millions of square feet across the globe, try and understand the differences between different regions. Uh, what may work in New York City may not work in Dallas, may not work in, in Bangalore, may not work in Tokyo. So try and understand these local and regional nuances that you would have to incorporate in your workplace strategy before you take that great idea of yours across the portfolio. But certainly the impact can be massive. It depends on your portfolio size. We have worked with some organizations and felt that if a strategic goal is to reduce the, the real estate footprint, whether it's to reduce costs, reduce carbon footprint, offer more flexibility to people, organizations are quite easily able to do that to a degree of 30%, very easily, because there's already a lot of slack out there that they can take out. Moreover, if they have additional targets, additional goals to offer agility and flexibility, you can introduce additional policies and make this impact even bigger. But start small before you take it big. Christine, would Dave, you like to add? Sure. And, and Dave, part of your question included the word information. It made me think of the Internet of Things and, and digital capabilities of organizations will help inform those decisions in real time. So the more integrated a facility may be with you know, understanding how the workplace is being used. Oh, they see this; these certain conference rooms are being used more often than others, or this cafe space is getting a lot of activity. Then you can start to use that information to, to make better decisions for the future of how to 
further grow your space, or maybe you find out that certain space isn't being used and we can maybe sublease a floor of our building. So the the more access to data, to badging information, to how space is being used, where people are dialing in from, that can help organizations make more informed and, and smart investment decisions for their portfolio going forward. Gotcha. Well, hey, I want to thank both of you for sharing your thoughts and some time with us today. And if any of our listeners wanted to get in contact with you to get more information, what would be the best way for them to do that? Yeah, you could definitely write to me at uh, uh, G-A-C-H-A-R-A-Y-A at Deloitte.com or add me as a contact on LinkedIn and just reach out. I'll be happy to connect. Gotcha. LinkedIn's pretty easy. Okay. Well, hey, I want to thank all those who listened to our podcast today. Hopefully it's been helpful in helping you and your organization address workplace and portfolio issues. And we look forward to connecting with you again. Thanks for your time. Thank you, everybody. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.